0: Hello, Real Life family and friends. Uh, Pastor Tim here again, just encouraging you today. Um, And I'm so so glad that you take the time to to dial in and to check us out and to just continue to grow in your faith in the Lord. I pray that this message today will bless you. We are in the middle of a series called Home Improvement Relationship Edition. And so we've been talking about relationships and I've just been praying for all of our relationships to get healthier and deeper. Um, and to be able to work through the difficulties that we have because relationships are so important to our, our daily life and the quality of life. And God wants us to have great relationships. Uh, before we pick up our series, and today we're going to talk about unforgiveness. Before we do that, though, I wanted to give you a little update on just some things from, uh, from our real life and from our family perspective. Uh, once a quarter, Our staff meets together. We spend the whole day uh, just really going through everything that God has put on our hearts and and vision that God has given us. And we evaluate things and we set some new goals and we look at what's going on. So I wanted to come fresh off of that with you because a couple weeks ago we had that meeting and just give you some of the things that we talked about and some of the things that uh, we're looking to do in the near future. So here's a little bit of an update for you, okay, for a couple minutes to start out with. First of all, financially, I want to give you a report, and you'll see on your screen there, a little pie chart. It's kind of just a big overview of our budget, and where our money goes, um, you know, with our administration and our building being the largest portion of that. But we are celebrating that we are a debt-free church. We've been a debt-free church since 2008, and God has helped us to be flourishing, and, and all of our resources are going to ministry, not to bills like, you know, interest payments on debt. So we're excited about that. Excuse me. And also, I wanted to let you know and remind you we have a board of directors and we have a board of elders, and our board of directors and our board of elders oversee all of the ministry. Our board of directors oversee all of the finances. And uh, one of our policies is to remain, uh, to have a balance of three months of expenses in reserve. And so we have always done that, and we have that now, even though we've been through a couple of challenging years in our world our church is healthy right now financially and we're just so thankful for everyone who's been a part of that for your generosity and for your giving so this week you should have received an email with your giving statement and if you don't have email uh, you might not even be watching this you might not be uh, doing technology but if you are watching this you didn't get an email uh, others of you will be receiving a letter in the mail and you should be getting that very shortly with your giving statements for this year and I just want to say thank you for your generosity. If you didn't get an email or if you don't get your letter, please feel free to reach out to us. We will get that to you personally if for some reason um, it got lost in, in, the, in the system, okay? So uh, we have great records, and we want to just say, and I want to say thank you so much for your generosity in supporting the vision that God has given us. Uh, we're excited about what God's going to be doing. Um, also... Um, I wanted to just give you a couple of other bullet points of our review. Um, Number one, I wanted to share that I've got some concerns and I expressed some of that in our letter. And those concerns are about with us reconnecting with people. Uh, through these last two years, um, it has disrupted our normal flow of Sunday morning attendance. We've tried to do these video talks, of course, uh, but it's not the same dynamic when you're not in person, person to person. And so as a pastor, you know, it's just a great concern of mine that we uh, still need to reconnect with with those of you who haven't been able to come physically. And you're on my heart, and I, I care about you, And um, but we... You know, We just need to try to keep working at reconnecting, and I'm hoping that things will change so that you can can come back and return physically because it's just so much better and richer when we're together and we're able to see each other and connect with each other. But I really want to see our church connect in relationships um, and connect new members into uh, the church, and it's just so important for us. And so that's why we're spending some time even talking about relationships in this series. Um, also, um, there's some things that right now, just because of the uh, pandemic and the couple years worth of ups, ups and downs that we've had, you know, our life group ministry isn't that strong right now. That would be something we would love to see get stronger in the days ahead. We're hoping that we can start to meet in homes again a little bit more frequently and that others of you will feel more comfortable to do that because we really do feel like uh, in the Christian life, relationships face-to-face are so critical to our health. So that's not going great right now. Just to be honest, we would love to see that grow. We'd love to see um, the, the availability of people to come in each other's homes uh, and the comfort that, um, that we would need to be able to get to that level, come back soon. But in the meantime, I just want to encourage everybody, try to reach out. Try to connect with people. Try to build relationships. Do the best you can because we need to stay connected, okay? What is working is we have a lot of new people coming to our church now. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, we had 18 New uh, people visit us on a Sunday morning in one service. Uh, This last week, I think we had seven new people. So just in the last two, two weeks, we had 25 new people walking into our services. And uh, God is moving, and our Sunday services are just powerful. The presence of God is here. Our worship is just so authentic and real, Um, and our children's ministry is growing, and the kids are excited. And I just want to try to keep building on that great momentum of just being in the presence of God together, encouraging each other, growing together. Um, Also, something new that's coming uh, this next uh, quarter, probably around March, we're going to be launching... Um, a new welcome luncheon. And this welcome luncheon is actually going to be designed to welcome new members into our church family. And so uh, when that date comes out, we will get that to you. It'll be a short luncheon and an introduction to our church and an invitation to just be a member and join uh, this vision, this family that God has given us. Okay? So look forward to that. And then also, um, something possible. We are looking for uh, another staff position. Uh, of a family pastor role. One of the things that, excuse me, one of the things that I've noticed and I've experienced over the last several months is just an increase in counseling, um, Opportunities with people that are struggling. Uh, there's a lot of there's been a lot of stress on people um, through the pandemic, through the different things that we've been going through. And uh, it's been really hard to keep up with all of those demands. Uh, and so I'm looking to bring on board someone in a part-time capacity that would just help meet the needs of our family. Because I can't I can't meet all those needs in those areas. And uh, we're looking to interview, we're looking to look out for some some people that might be good candidates, some some uh, people with pastoral experience that can come along and just continue to love us, okay? So the family is is uh, is strengthened. So that's something we're looking at doing, and we're looking to... At, I'm going to be looking for someone over the next several months and see if God leads us to to bring somebody else on board in that capacity. It'll be awesome. And finally, just something to dream about. Before I'm done with this, I just want to give you a dream. Uh, in our in our meeting, we were dreaming about the possibility in the future of having like a youth center, gymnasium, maybe a cafe and a weight room, but a big area where we could use for our weddings for our funerals, for our events, but also that we could have like a youth center for this community for kids to have a place to come that's after school, they could get mentoring, they could get encouragement, they could get help, and um, and maybe also meet some of those needs of gym time, weight room, you know, and of course, we could always use a good cup of coffee. So these are just some things that we're dreaming about right now. We have another meeting scheduled in a couple weeks just to dream about that, but if you're excited about that possibility, let us know because it would take A lot of effort a lot of fundraising a big that's a big vision uh, but we are really excited about looking to the future what other ways can we expand our ministry reach more people help more people meet the needs of this community and and just thrive because we want to be a hub of life to this community we want people to come here to experience the life that god has for them to have joy in their life to have peace in their life to have resources from god to grow uh, better relationships And just better lives, better future. So that's our our whole tagline, right? Live a better story. And so um, I want to move on now to our message, but pray for us. Please pray for me as we're continuing to sort out the the things that God has put on our hearts and how to uh, create, um, you know, to make that vision happen, how to reach more people, how to serve our family better. Um, And pray for us. Pray that God will continue to lead us and guide us in all of that. And thank you so much for being a part of our family. Thank you for supporting. And just thank you for your prayers. I, I just appreciate that so much. I'm so blessed to be a pastor of real life. I'm so thankful for the 24 years that God has allowed me and my wife to serve this spiritual family. And I'm excited about the future and what God wants to do through all of us together. Right? We are still here reaching out and we desire to know God, to find freedom. Right For all of us to discover our purpose and to make a difference with our lives. So we're going to continue to do that in this coming year. Let's pivot now towards our message today. I want to talk about unforgiveness. And I want to say it this way. Forgiveness is the beginning of healing. Forgiveness is the beginning of healing. So what happens when we get hurt? When we take offense? When we get hurt by somebody? I want to talk about not the obvious hurts, like someone hits us, or physically harms us, someone calls us a name, but a lot of the unintended hurts that we feel and take on in life can also just have a body blow effect on our soul, can bruise us internally, and really, um, if we don't process those hurts, and we don't recognize those hurts, can really weigh us down and just cause us to have so much pain and sensitivity that we're ineffective in loving people and connecting with people. So I want to talk about, freedom. Forgiveness in that light, okay? So when we get hurt, we're hurt by another person, it can happen in a variety of situations. I'm just gonna give you a couple of scenarios. Sometimes we're hurt out of our own unresolved insecurities that read into a situation. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you go back to junior high, for instance, and you're in the hallways and you see two of your friends kind of laughing and then they kind of look at you. And if you have an insecurity of not feeling loved or accepted or not belonging, that you can look at that scenario and in your mind you're like, they're laughing at me. They're laughing, they're making fun of me, right? But they might not be laughing at you at all. They might be just talking about something else and they glance over and see you. But inside your insecurity starts to create this huge, uh, long you know, paragraph of, of filling in the blanks That's that's, fueling your insecurity of not feeling like you belong or you're not loved or you're not you don't have any friends right and so then we get hurt so now we're hurt and and the other person didn't intend it they probably didn't even do that or or think that at all but now we're hurt on the inside okay that's an example or maybe our expectations of another person isn't being met maybe there's a close friend of yours that didn't reach out to you on your birthday they forgot it was your birthday and maybe it was just an oversight, or maybe they were so busy, or their day was so chaotic, they, they didn't even have time to do anything. But internally, you could be like, oh, they forgot me, they don't care about me, I thought we were friends, and now there's a hurt there. Okay? It wasn't intentional, but it happened. Or maybe someone drops the ball and lets you down in a, in, in a way, and they don't meet your expectations, or you expect them to help you with something, or you expect them to be there for you, and they weren't there, and, and there's a hurt there. Okay? Or maybe it's a misunderstanding of what was said or done. Uh, sometimes, I know I've done this uh, unintentionally, trying to give someone some you know, good-intentioned advice, but it was taken as criticism, and it hurt them. And they misunderstood what I was trying to do. I was trying to help, but they took it as I was criticizing or, or being hurtful to them. So they, they were hurt. Or maybe you weren't included in something or unintentionally forgotten about in something so there's all kinds of hurt so hurt can be intentional right it can be like obvious intentional but it can be unintentional whatever it is whenever we get hurt intentionally or unintentionally there's a hurt that takes place and for us to be healed we need to start with forgiveness okay we need to forgive even those unintentional hurts that happen to us, we need to forgive people, even though they didn't really do anything on purpose in our minds, it it hurt us, right? And we want to release them from those things and not keep that assigned, uh, you know, intention of hurting us against them because that will break our relationship up. So anyway, I want to share with you, what happens when we get hurt is the key. And here's the choice. We can go down a path of healing, or we can go down a path of infection and hurt. No matter what your hurt is, if it's obvious, if it's physical, emotional, uh, if it's unintentional, if you get hurt, you have a choice right now. That's what I want to talk about. You have a choice when you're hurt. You can choose a path of healing from that hurt, or you can choose a path of infection from that hurt. That's what I want to talk about. Let's talk about the path of infection. What happens to us when we don't forgive and we're hurt, okay? The first thing is our hurt that's unhealed grows. It grows. The Bible says this, Ephesians chapter 4, 26-27, "...in your anger do not sin. Do not let the sin go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold." A place to stand in your soul so hurt that is um, unresolved it could be ignored you could choose to ignore it like ah, I'm just not even gonna think about it you could deny it well that didn't hurt me I'm not I'm tough I that that's not gonna bother me but inside it really did but you act like and you you start to convince yourself that it didn't hurt you so you're denying it or that you just suppress it you just stuff it down you just just bury it all of that type of reactions is hurt that is unresolved. And that hurt does not pass through your soul and dissipate and disappear. It grows. Any hurt that's unresolved grows. Whether you're denying it, ignoring it, uh, suppressing it, all all of those things, it's not resolved. You might think it is by stuffing it down or forgetting about it, but it's not. What's happening is it's there, and the devil has a foothold, and it begins to grow. All right, so that's the first thing. That's the path towards infection. To not forgive, to harbor that hurt, to bury it, to ignore it, to deny it, or to to feed it yourself with anger and and do, do that, it will grow. The second thing that happens is when hurt grows, it turns into anger and bitterness, and we have an infection of the soul. We have an infection. Okay, James chapter 1, verses 14 to 15 says, Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now this is talking about temptation, but it also shows us the path of sin. So the Bible says don't let... Um, uh, the Bible says, "In your anger, do not sin. What that means is it's okay to be angry, but don't let that anger fester overnight, otherwise it becomes sin, and you're harboring that anger in your heart, giving the devil a place to to operate in your soul and then this says that sin will grow, and it will grow and it, it first of all it's just a seed then like it's it's a it's this idea of a pregnancy right it's a seed it's conceived but then it grows and then it is birthed and when it's birthed full fledged it comes to its fullness the, the result is death right so you see sin grows hatred grows bitterness grows unforgiveness grows in our heart it grows 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 and it's going somewhere and it's going somewhere bad it's gonna get worse for us, that hatred, that anger is going to end up destroying our soul, destroying uh, those around us and harming us, okay? So the infection then, the third thing I wanna say about that is it spreads and it makes us highly sensitive to the pain uh, at that point of infection. And it, and it results in a toxicity, I would say, a toxicity of the soul where that, that hurt becomes um, uh, hatred, And that hatred eventually becomes harm. It comes out to harm other people. The toxicity of our soul just festers. 1 John 2.11 says, But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So when there's hatred in our hearts towards someone else, the Bible says we are walking in darkness, and we are not able to see what's going on. the The darkness, the hatred, the toxicity of our pain has come to a place where it's blinded us, and we we have hatred in our heart that's not coming from God. That's not freedom. That's the 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 results of that sin growing, that anger growing inside of us, that pain evolving into this dark thing that then begins to come out and begins to hurt other people, right? And so we can't have fellowship with someone when we have that darkness, when we have that hatred in our hearts. So hatred towards, uh, turns outward and it begins to harm others. So the toxicity of our soul affects our words, it affects our attitudes, it affects our actions to the people around us. Jesus put it this way in Matthew fifteen eighteen, but the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. It's it's the it's the issues of the heart, the darkness in our heart, the hatred, the anger, the the, the pain that we experience, the hurt that we that we experience grows, and it comes out as jealousy, comes out as anger, comes out as uh, you know hatred, comes out as toxic. And, and it's coming from our soul. It come, it's coming from our heart, right? So this is the path of infection. This is what happens to us. We have all experienced it. This is what happens to us when we do not forgive those who have hurt us. When we have unprocessed hurt and pain in our hearts, this is what happens. It goes through that growth process, and it's a spiral down. It's a spiral down for our soul and it begins to spiral down those around us that are close to us, okay? So I look at it kind of a lot like a physical infection. So if you've ever had a splinter, I get lots of splinters because I like doing woodwork and stuff. If you ever had a splinter, at first when that splinter enters your finger, let's say, you get a splinter in your finger. And I just had one a couple, uh, last week I had a splinter in my finger. It was driving me crazy. But as soon as it, enters your your skin right there's an um, there's an a moment of pain like instant pain like oh ah right there's that pain there's that hurt and now now so it it hurts us we feel it so this is emotional too so we're doing whatever and someone says something or doesn't do something or doesn't meet our expectation and there's an immediate hurt a splinter in the soul and we're like oh man that hurt right and then what happens is if we don't deal with that hurt, that splinter, and it's still there, then it just keeps getting worse. So I had the splinter last week, and I just kept bumping it, kept bumping it. I couldn't get it out, couldn't see it. And I, I would scrape it against something, all of a sudden it would sting me. It would sting me again. I'd grab something, ah, man, and I'd try to get that thing out, and I, I couldn't get it out, and it was just bothering me all day long. It was just twinging me, you know, stinging me over and over and over again. And that's how our soul works. When we don't get that pain dealt with, the splinter of our soul taken care of, someone else twinges it. Someone else comes to that space and and they tweak it. And it just keeps getting hurt over and over and over again. And then it begins to get infected, right? It turns red, maybe a little pussy, and you know it starts to get infected and it becomes even highly more highly sensitive and our soul does the same thing right the longer it's there the longer that pain is there the more infection begins to take hold and begins to spread in fact it wouldn't just be that little area it could be the whole tip of the finger or it could be the whole finger itself later if we never did anything to that pain right so the cure we know this the cure to the splinter is to dig it out, to get it out. Sometimes uh, it actually hurts just as bad, if not worse sometimes, to dig it out. But we know as soon as we get it out, as soon as we get that splinter out, healing has begun. We know that. Healing has begun. It's the same with our soul. Even though it can be difficult to forgive, even though it can be difficult to deal with that pain and address our insecurities or our fears or our past and how it keeps getting touched, how it keeps getting pricked, how it keeps causing us pain. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. Sometimes it's, it seems harder than the pain itself to get into our heart, to get into the issues that are really there and to dig in there like a, with a knife or a needle and dig in there and get that pain out, to get that resolved. I know it's hard. I have, I have done this myself. It's very difficult. Our pride doesn't want to do it. Our insecurities doesn't want to do it. Our selfishness doesn't want to do that. We don't want to face these things. But we need to because as soon as we do, as soon as we deal with that hurt and the real issues behind that hurt, as soon as we do that, healing begins. Healing begins. The next time someone brushes against that spot where that sliver used to be, there's no more twinging. There might be some bruising. There might be some some pain, but it's not that sharp pain anymore. And, it, and a little bit while that starts to heal, there's no pain at all. I mean, this, I keep touching my finger because this is where my splinter was. It's gone. There's nothing there anymore. I got it out. Okay, And I'm healed. And I'm not sensitive anymore. But if I left that thing in all week long, boy, right now, I, I wouldn't even want to use this hand. And that's how a lot of us are living life. We don't even want to go there. People, some people who know us know they can't they can't get near certain areas of our heart because it's just like, you know, too sensitive. There's too much, too many eggshells around that area. You know, there's some unresolved issues there. And it's causing a distance between us. And God doesn't want that. He wants us healed. And the key to healing is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Starting that process of forgiveness. So let's go down the path of healing. What does that look like? We know what the path of infection looks like. Let's go down the path of healing. Okay. Here's what 1 John 1, verses 5 to 7 says This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light, right? God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. No darkness. If we say that we have fellowship with God, yet walk in the darkness, we are lying. We, we lie. We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He Himself is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. Our relationship with one another is going to be good. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. What's the saying? I already talked about the darkness a few minutes ago, out of a different verse, and says, "Listen, if when we have." hate towards a brother, when we have unforgiveness or bitterness towards another person, we are walking in darkness. And then the Bible says, listen, God is light. There's no darkness in God. He doesn't want you walking in darkness. But when you're walking in darkness, you do not have fellowship with one, we do not have fellowship with one another. But there is a different path, praise the Lord. There is good news here. There's a different path than the path of infection. There's a path of healing where we can walk together in fellowship if we're both willing to come into the light. We come into the light, we address our hurts, we address our pain, and we reconcile, and we are cleansed of our sin, and we're cleansed of that division, and we can be together. That's what this is talking about. If we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin so let's talk about the path of healing number one we need to look in looking in i mentioned this last week but looking in means hey admit and recognize that you're hurt don't deny it don't ignore it don't suppress it grieve it if you're hurt recognize say man that hurt and it's okay to grieve your hurt, your pain. If you feel rejected, if you feel left out, if you feel unloved, hey, that's what you feel. That's that's what your heart is saying. Your heart is twinging. It it feels those things. That's okay. It's okay to admit it. It's okay to say this is what I'm, I'm feeling. I'm feeling hurt. Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Right. That's the first thing to do: is look in and say, why do I feel so hurt? Why do I feel left out? Why do I feel unloved? So you, you look in and you look at your soul and you, and you give your soul credit. Hey, why, do you, why am I feeling this way, right? The Bible says in Psalm 51, 6, to God, the psalmist is talking to God, behold, you desire truth in the innermost being. God wants you to be truthful about what's going on on the inside. And so it's always good to look in and, and ask, why am I feeling this, okay? And the second thing is very closely related to that is we look up to God and we say, God, I'm feeling alone. So-and-so did this or that, this happened, and it hurt me, my heart, I wanna cry. I feel like I've been left out. And so we were looking in, and we go up to God and say, God, this is what I've been feeling, this is what happened, I'm hurting. And we're looking for validation from God, and we're looking for His truth to reconcile our heart, to comfort our heart, to heal our heart because we look to him and say, Oh, but God, thank you that I'm not alone. You love me. You know me. You're for me. You're with me right now. And healing begins to come already right now in that moment. We find security, we find love, and we find truth in our relationship with God. People will let us down. There's no question about it. But God is always with us and he is always for us. And his truth is what sets us free. So John 14, 26, Jesus said, but the advocate, the one who is on your side, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And so we look in and then we look up to our advocate, our Holy Spirit, the one who is there to teach us and to lead us to guide us into truth. And the truth sets us free. We look in, we look up, right? When we're hurt, this is the path of healing. Thirdly, we look out. And when we look out from that perspective of looking in and looking up, we forgive. Why can we forgive? Because now God has healed us. God is with us. We see God's perspective and we can release the offender, Even if they did it intentionally, they hurt us intentionally or unintentionally, we are going to forgive them because we recognize that we are secure in God. We have an identity in Christ, and we are going to forgive and not let that hurt continue to prick us and stick with us and to continue to cyclically cause us pain. We are getting the splinter out. We are forgiving. We are releasing. We are going to be healed. Yes, we got hurt. Now we've been comforted by God. Now we release it. We release it by forgiving the offender, and we pray for them. We pray for them. Matthew 5.44 says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love them. Pray for them. Okay, release them into God's hands. All right? And then number five, Uh, seek reconciliation and seek to rebuild that trust in that relationship right sometimes we need to talk about these things with the offender and sometimes it's just not appropriate it's just an internal thing that we need to do with god but we always need to forgive whether we're gonna you know have to come to a place where we have a conversation with someone or whether we just feel hey this is just my insecurities and I'm just going to release them. I'm going to forgive them. I'm not going to make a big deal out of everything that everybody has done. I, you know, this is not something I need to confront somebody with, right? I'm releasing them. Every time, though, whether it's intentional or unintentional, whether there's a confrontation or not or, or a discussion or not, every time we need to forgive. We need to forgive for our own sake, right? And so Romans 12:18 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Do everything you can to be at peace with people, to release people, to forgive people, to give people the benefit of the doubt, because God's with you, God's for you. You have everything you need in God, and yes, people hurt us from time to time, and we're gonna forgive and we're gonna release so that we don't relive that pain and relive that hurt over and over again. Forgiveness is the medicine for healing the hurts that have been done to us by other people's sin, okay? And so you get to choose a path of either healing, which we just talked about, which includes forgiving, or a path of infection, which includes unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, hurt, harm. So let's choose healing. So just a couple things as I close forgiveness is not I want to give you a list of things that forgiveness is not okay if you're concerned about that, well, that person doesn't deserve to be forgiven well I'm not gonna forgive that person until they apologize well I don't I'm not gonna forgive them because then it, it makes me feel like it didn't matter no so let me let's talk about that for a second forgiveness is not I got seven things I just put down very quickly forgiveness is not forgetting what happened or acting like it never happened that's not what forgiveness is forgiveness is not downplaying the the offense or saying that it's okay. That's not what forgiveness is either. Forgiveness is not giving up on justice happening, all right? God says, I'm the just judge of all the earth. Vengeance is mine, declares the Lord, right? It's not ours. We leave that justice part to God. We just leave it to Him. Forgiveness is not acting like you weren't hurt. It's not dependent. Forgiveness is not dependent on the offender asking for forgiveness. Or apologizing for hurting you forgiveness is not dependent on the other person okay forgiveness is not eliminating consequences or relational boundaries that should be in place as a result of that hurt so that doesn't mean you just forget about it and you don't have any consequences for that that relationship depending on what it is right that's not what it's saying either and forgiveness is not for the other person's sake so what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is, first of all, it's obedience to God, right? Mark eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said, When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins, right? And we pray that prayer. Um, it's called our Father prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins or our trespasses as we forgive those who have sinned or trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus said, this is how you pray. So we need to forgive, even in that prayer. Lord, forgive us as we are forgiving one another, as we are releasing one another from each other's sins. So have you released us from our sins, right? So forgiveness is obedience to God. Because we have been forgiven, we forgive. Uh, secondly, it's recognizing your hurt and choosing to release that pain so that you can heal. All right? So forgiveness is, hey, this, something did happen that hurt me that was wrong. And I recognize it, and I'm choosing to release that hurt. I'm choosing to release that offense so I can be healed from this moving forward. That's what forgiveness is, right? Forgiveness is a choice. It is not a feeling. If you wait for the feeling of forgiveness to come, you're going to live a miserable life because you're never going to have the feeling of wanting to forgive someone. It is a choice, it's an act that you make so that you can heal, you can move on, right? And finally, forgiveness is for you. It's for your sake. It is the gift that God has given us to heal from the hurts done against us. Finally, I want to just say a couple other things. Unforgiveness, okay, is not hurting the other person, it's hurting yourself. Unforgiveness is not evening the score, You're not getting even by being mad at somebody. It's not what happens. Unforgiveness is not helping you heal or get over it. Harboring anger and bitterness towards a person is not helping you heal. It's actually doing the opposite. It's making the injury worse. Unforgiveness is not vengeance. Unforgiveness is a waste of time. It really is. Unforgiveness is hurting you and those around you, and unforgiveness is holding you back from healing and wholeness, okay? So finally, I want to finish with this, the role of a repentant offender. So I'm going to flip this, the, this, the, uh, the talk all around now and say, what if you are the one who has hurt someone? I just want to give you a couple of tips on what to do if you recognize that you have hurt someone, and that you're the offender, Okay? You're the one that said something or did something or negligent or purposeful. You hurt somebody, okay? And you want to um, repair that relationship. You want to make amends. What do you do? How do you do this? I just want to give you four simple things to, to try and to think about, okay? First of all, you need to empathize with the person that you hurt. In other words, you need to create a safe place where they can express to you what how they got hurt, what happened from their perspective, and you need to listen to them. Without defending yourself, without disproving what they're saying, just listen to the cry of their soul and what from their perspective happened and what that hurt was. When you do that, then you allow that person to feel heard and release that that hurt to you and if you're listening and you're asking questions and you're not defending or deflecting then they there's that's part of a healing process that can happen in that person's heart do you see The, i mean I, everything inside of me you know uh, when i deal with these kind of situations wants to defend myself if i'm the one that hurt somebody and they come to me everything inside of me wants to explain to them why that's not true why i didn't mean it why it wasn't really that way but i found that doesn't help because they really did get hurt and they have a perspective different than mine. And so I need to listen and I need to empathize and I need to say, wow, I am really sorry that you got hurt. I didn't intend that. I didn't mean to, if that was the case. But I recognize you did get hurt by what I did or said or didn't do. I am sorry. I'm sorry you hurt. You matter to me. I love you. I care about you I'm so sorry hurt you right so the first thing is to recognize that Um, and you know good intentions do not get to cancel unintended pain that's caused in somebody's life I mean uh, I've I can't tell you how many times my good intentions have hurt or offended someone and and uh, it just happens but it doesn't mean that they shouldn't be hurt because they have a perspective and so I can't explain away their pain right By just telling, oh, I didn't mean that. Oh, I I meant this. You shouldn't feel that way because I didn't mean to do that. Well, that doesn't help. It doesn't help at all because they do feel that way. Even though you may have good intentions with someone, it doesn't mean that they didn't get hurt, right? And so we're recognizing the way that person was hurt, and we're reassuring them, I'm sorry. I love you. I didn't mean for that to happen. I recognize it happened that way, and I am sorry. Please forgive me. Right? So that's what I want to share with you, is to empathize with them. Number two, apologize and ask for forgiveness. Repeat to them the offense that, that uh, happened so they understand you heard them. I see what you're saying. When I said this, it meant that to you. I am so sorry. I apologize. Will you forgive me? Okay. Thirdly, try to rebuild that trust by learning and growing from your mistakes. I remember years ago, I got a call from a very um, faithful, godly man in our church. He was an older gentleman. He called me. I was talking to him and actually calling to pray with him about some other things. And then he said, well, Pastor Tim, while I got you on the phone, I wanted to say something to you. I'm like, okay, go, yeah, what do, you, what do you got to say? And he went on to say that um, he was kind of offended that I wasn't at the door of the church greeting everybody on the way in. And uh inside, you know he was very gracious with how he said it. he said, "I just want to sh- I just think it's important for the pastor you know to shake everybody's hand on Sunday morning when they come into the door and uh, and I was listening and inside outside, I was graciously saying, Oh well, thank you for your feedback, but inside everything inside of me wanted I was getting mad, I was getting hurt i was wanting to defend myself, and i 'm thinking." Man, do you know what goes on on a Sunday morning? Everything I got to do to get everything ready and I tried to meet people and I tried and every everything inside was just was all my pride and all my ego and all my defense mechanisms just going off, but I didn't do any of that. Thank God I didn't say any of that out loud. I hung up the phone, you know, with this gentleman, and I was just mad. I was just Stewing for like a day, and I went home. I was telling my wife, "Can you believe that? Don't they know what, uh, all the stuff that I'm doing?" And that's what they're complaining. That's what he's complaining about. And he wasn't really complaining. It wasn't that way. But that was the toxicity of my insecurity and my pride coming out. You know, we've all done that, right? And I'm just like blah 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 blah. And then after about a day and a half, you know, all of a sudden it started to sink in. I'm like, you know what? Ah, <sighs> he has a point. I really should be more intentional about trying to greet people and make sure that people know that they're loved. And uh, so that Sunday morning, <laughs> I made sure I was at the front door and I greeted him. And from that time on, I always looked for him and always tried to make a point of greeting him. Now I don't stand at the front door every week greeting people, but I do my very best to get around in the congregation in those minutes right before service. And I try to meet there as many people as I possibly can. And uh, that stuck with me from that conversation. But it was so hard for me to hear. And sometimes we have these confrontations or these disagreements or these hurts with one another, and that's our response, right? We want to defend ourselves. We want to you know, prove ourselves differently. And yet, we need to come past that to hear the real heart And then we can grow from that. And so the third thing I want to do is, you know, we can learn from our mistakes. We can learn from the ways that we've hurt people. And I learned from that. Even though it was hard initially and my pride was getting in the way, after about a day I simmered down and I, I learned from that and I began to try to rebuild trust. And I changed some things in my life to try to rebuild trust. And that's what we can do as the person who is the offender is to not just keep doing the same things over and over again, but to learn how we have affected one another and to build trust by changing some things. How we talk, how we how we recognize one another, and learn and grow. And finally, be patient and consistent with your changes. So be patient for um, the trust to be built, for the new patterns to be established, for the other person to see you in a different light, but be Excuse me, be consistent. I've had uh, a rough relationship with a couple of my kids, and uh, one, of, one of my sons, we had a rough relationship when he was younger. Um, he, he would uh, do something wrong, and then I would get mad and start to discipline him, and he would defy that. He would disrespect me, and then he would push what I see now as my respect button. And once he pushed my respect button, I went into a whole different old-school mode of reprimanding spanking you know uh, yelling sometimes to get control and say this is you know basically this is my house i'm the man of the house i'm not going to have a a small child tell tell me what to do you know or not listen to me or not follow my rules and i would get angry and i'd get mad and uh, sometimes i would spank and get physical so a lot of times i'd be loud and angry even putting on an angry look on my face like you know trying to get control and, and so because of those things, it was internal in my heart. These were buttons that were triggered in me that, that caused me to, to do things wrong. Well, what he, what he was doing at the time might have been wrong, breaking a rule, doing something to somebody you shouldn't have done or saying something you shouldn't have said. But my response to that was also wrong. And so we, we, we had a rough relationship for a while because of my stuff getting in the way. And uh, I was really concerned about it. I was praying about it. And over the course of time, God did some changes in me where I began to see some of these patterns in my life. And I began to see that these things needed to change. So I began to change and, then, and uh, started to treat him differently when he started doing things wrong. And what I started to do was decide to get into his heart of why did you just do that? Instead of just being mad and angry and repeating the rules and how he broke them, finding out why did he do that? Did he get hurt? Uh, One time he got hurt by uh, a, a bigger brother and a cousin and he was getting mad and he was trying to hurt them because he got hurt. But nobody knew he got hurt. They just saw him acting out and trying to hurt everybody. So I come out, and my temptation, again, was to, to, to meet anger with anger and uh, you know, his violence with my discipline. And, and instead of doing that, I realized that I needed to find out what was going on. I began to change, and I asked him the question. I said, what, what's going on? And try to calm him down. What's going on? What, what happened? Did something happen? And tears began to come out of his eyes. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, what's going on here? Because normally there'd be, there'd be glaring anger coming out of those eyes, right? But when I talked to his heart, all of a sudden, tears started coming out of his eyes. And he told me he got hurt. Someone hurt him. It was an accident. But he got hurt and physically. And the physical hurt that he experienced, his reaction to that was to hurt back. And that's when he would start to get in trouble. And all of a sudden I started realizing, oh man, I've been missing this. I've been trying to correct his anger with anger instead of going to his heart and, and responding to his, his heart and his hurts. And that began to change everything for me and our relationship. So I, I made changes and worked on it for years, just started to, to do things differently. And it took a long time. It took a lot of, lot of consistency. I didn't change everything perfectly right away. You know, had a couple of hiccups along that journey, but now I'm a different person, a different dad, and today our relationship is healthy and it's so much better than it was before. And that's what can happen for you and for me, especially if you're a parent and you have a strained relationship with one of your children like I did. There are changes that we can make once we get to the heart level and see what the real issues are. If we get to our heart level and we look in and then we look up and ask God, help me, God. Help me heal for my insecurities, for my pride, for my patterns that I've learned in my life that are not healthy. Help me to be whole so that I can now look out and now I see my son in a t- completely different way, a completely different light. I'm not angry. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, uh, hurtful to him. I'm his advocate. I am there for him to help him in his hurt, and it's a completely different relationship. And I just want to encourage you with that. If you have that kind of relationship, be, stick to it. It takes time. It's taken me a couple of years with some of my kids to repair some of the damage that I've done out of my own ignorance, out of my own pain, and I had good intentions. I had good intentions. I I wanted to teach him the right way. I wanted to make sure my home was filled with safety and protocols and rules that were godly. I had the right intentions, but I was doing it wrong, completely wrong. And I was causing more harm than I was healing. And so I learned, and God showed me, and I've been changing, but it's taken a few years. I wanna encourage you, if you've got that kind of relationship, go to God. Let God touch your heart. Let Him heal your heart and your hurts, and stick with it and be consistent. God can redeem and restore your relationships, especially those in your family and especially parent to child. I want to encourage you. You can do this. God's with you. God can help you. Stick to it. Stick to it, okay? Well, as I close this uh, message out, I have a memory verse I want you to think about this week. It's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as as in Christ God forgave you, right? So let's be compassionate with one another. Let's forgive one another because God has forgiven us in Christ. And today I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. If you want to get right with God, Jesus came, he gave his life, even though we didn't deserve it, even though we didn't repent and ask for it. He gave his life to forgive us of our sin. He is the epitome of our example of forgiveness. He didn't even do anything wrong, and He offered forgiveness to us fully before we asked for it, before we deserved it, and we still don't deserve it. He forgave us. He humbled Himself. He became nothing for us, so we could be forgiven and reconciled back to God. That's the point of forgiveness, is to reconcile our relationships, to forgive one another so there is no barrier between us no 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 division between us. And God doesn't want a division between you and him. And the answer is forgiveness. Please join me in this prayer and ask God to forgive you of your sins and place your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. If that's your heart and desire, pray this with me, okay? Say Jesus, thank you that you love me and you came to forgive me. You shed your blood to pay for my sin so I could be forgiven and restored into relationship with you. So today I ask you to forgive me of all my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I declare my faith in you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for restoring my relationship to God. I'm all yours. In your name I pray amen amen I just want to pray for our relationships again today especially if you're a parent and you've got a strained relationship with a child let's just go to God let's agree together today that God will begin to order your steps to a place of reconciliation and restoration so you can have a great relationship with your children okay Lord we just come to you humbly today and Lord we we as parents we know we've made mistakes Uh, we've done the best we knew how to do but at times that wasn't very good. That was sometimes even more harmful, Lord, than than anything else we could have done. So Lord, we repent, we are sorry for mistakes we've made, for the harm that we've caused to our children. We ask God that you lead us and guide us to a place of reconciliation and restoration, that you help us be healed of our own hurts, our own insecurity, our own fears, our own pride, Change us, God. Change our hearts and help us to see our kids the way that you see us. And help us to change and touch their hearts and be their advocate, not their enemy, to be their, their coach and their confidant and, and, their, and the one who they, they come to for help, not the one they run from because they're afraid. Lord, I just pray for healing for our relationships. All of our relationships, Lord, help us to apply this uh, in Jesus' name. And today, God, uh, we forgive. Right now, if there's any unforgiveness in your heart towards anyone, would you just join me to say, God, I forgive. I I release everyone else from the pain that they've caused me. I take the splinter out of my soul today that I might be healed. I release this pain, this hurt, Lord. In Jesus' name, I trust in you. I trust in you to bring healing into my life. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I know this is a really tough topic. I pray that you continue to think about this and meditate on this and pray about this so that God can reveal to you anything you need to get rid of, any unhealed wounds that you have. May you find that wisdom and that courage to take it to God. Look in, look up, and then we'll look out, right? And may you experience God's healing in your heart. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in his name. I love you. I pray for you that God's will will be done in your life as it's ordained in heaven in his name. Amen.